Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we always feed our house elves. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Meredith. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. And how, how are you all in this lovely, still evening? <laughs> <laughs> it's still dark on my side. <laughs> uh, it's dark and rainy here, that's for sure. Oh, no. But I know Jeanette's probably happy about it because it's cooling off. Mm-hmm. I am so happy. <laughs> it's been crazy hot here the past week or two. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. It, it's like it's been fun because like school's back in session and I'm so excited about the school year. Like I'm super, super busy. Uh, but it's been so hot. It's been like 90-something degrees every day. And then all of a sudden this weekend, fake fall hit. And I know it's only <laughs> cooling off because you know, there may or may not be a hurricane coming and we're mm-hmm. getting all this rain. But I'm like, it feels like fall. It feels like <laughs> fall. It's 70 degrees today. This is amazing. Where's all I'm my so hot happy. tea? <laughs> and there's like pumpkin spice back in places. No, that's true. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, it's not, it's, so it's getting hot here, but it cools off a lot in the evening, so it's actually chilly where we have to put the heater on. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. So that's how we know fall is coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s during the day and then low 50s at night. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a big difference. But I guess you're, you know, up in the mountains, so. Yep, yep, air is thinner, so he can't stay trapped, um, like over on the East Coast. So. Mm. There's your science lesson for the day. <laughs> <laughs> science. <laughs> How are you doing, Meredith? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm ready for fall too. Yeah. And also there's been so many good book events in the DC area recently. Um, so the National Book Festival was... Last weekend, it'll be a couple of weekends ago when we air this episode, but that was so much fun. I got um, some books signed by Lee Bardugo, which was so cool. Uh, she was so nice. Um, and I also got uh, my copy of Pachinko signed by Min Jin Lee, which was oh, nice. very cool. Um, and I slid in that we read it and talked about it on our podcast. And she was like, oh, you're on a podcast? And I was like, yes, here's my business card. <laughs> fancy, fancy. Yeah. Uh, um, so yes, I unfortunately did not get to hear her talk, so that was sad, oh. but I did get to hear uh, Elizabeth Acevedo and Lee Bardugo's talk as well. Nice. So those were really awesome. Um, it's a long day, but it's always fun. Um, and then One More Page Books in Arlington has been having some really great author events too. So the night before uh, National Book Festival, they had Sandia Menon there who wrote When Dimple Met Rishi and From Twinkle with Love, which I just recently read both of them. And they were so cute. I love them so much. I love those covers. So, uh, yeah, the covers are great, right? Yeah, the covers are yeah. awesome. They're so cute. Um, So I got to go hear her talk and then get my book signed, which was fun. And then last night, they had uh, one of the co-editors and a couple of the authors that worked on a new anthology there at One More Page. And the anthology is called Toil and Trouble, 15 Tales of Women and Witchcraft. So I got that book and got it signed. And that'll definitely be a great October read. I'm really excited for that. 
Man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know. I've been working during all of these events, so oh. I am like majorly jealous that I miss mm-hmm. these things. I know, Jeanette. Mm. I know. But, you know, got to pay the bills, you know? I know. Yeah. Got to pay really those buying bills. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> We're really lucky in the D.C. metro area just to have so many independent bookstores that just, they're constantly bringing in authors. I mean, I feel yeah. like if you were really scouting out all the bookstore events, you could probably go to an author event almost every day. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. There's two independent bookstores that I like. I think the other ones are more like antique books, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, totally different. Um, and they do event author events every now and again, but it's not often where it's like an author I'm in, super interested in. Like Minjin Lee was here, you know, a couple months ago and I couldn't go. I was like, oh my God. Um, but Deborah Harkness is supposed to be coming to the Tattered Cover in October. So oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to see maybe if I can like slip out for the night <laughs> and go to that yeah. one. Have some tea with her? Yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> so much tea. Bring her a bag full of tea. If you feel like you need this. <laughs> you seem to be drinking a lot of tea. <laughs> but it's all with love. <laughs> and if yeah. you're confused about what we're talking about, go and listen to our episode discussing <laughs> a, a discovery of witches and you'll yep. understand. Yep. Yeah. Are, are you all drinking tea today? Yes. I am. I am. In I fact, am too. I yep. just took a sip. Yep. Didn't even notice. Because I'm always <laughs> drinking tea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, so how are you, Susan? I am good. Um, I caught a little cold because my kids started kindergarten. So Kindergarten? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yep. She's been in kindergarten for a month now. And uh, she's loving it. And it's funny because she has, like, homework. So we'll do that. And then yesterday, I think for, like, at least 30 minutes, she's like, I want to work on my workbook. And she just, like, <laughs> it's like doing extra work. I'm like, who are you, my child? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute, though. Yep. That's oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. It was like, well, if you... And I kept asking her, too, after, like, a few pages. I was like, do you, do you want to keep going? You don't have to keep going. It's like, I want to keep going. I was like... Okay. <laughs> All right. You do you. Yeah. Hey, learning is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to pressure her into whatever. It's just like, okay, you want to do it? Go ahead and do it. If not, that, that's totally fine. <laughs> um, and we had her birthday party this weekend because she will be turning five. Um, so that was uh, – that was – Hectic, but good. She had a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, well, that's That good. is legit crazy to me, but I'm, you know, so excited for her. Like, yeah, that she's five. five. <laughs> yeah, turn, well, five's a big number. Like, it it's is. a big kid it number. Is. It's mm-hmm. like she's yeah. turning five. She started in kindergarten, but it mm-hmm. is like legit crazy to me that she's five already. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, we've been, the I book can, club's been around for more than that. So she's been yeah. there. Yeah. But I can still picture you at my wedding when you were pregnant. Oh, yeah. Like, as if it were yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. I know she wasn't around then. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no. <laughs> no. But it feels like yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and last week, um, we got uh, – so because, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of cheap and we love a good deal. So we had a coupon for movie theater. 
you know, buy one, get one free. We're like, well, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it was at a, a, um, a movie dinner the- theater. So, you know, you oh, those are dinner. Fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, which was perfect for this movie because I would have been so hungry by the time the, mo- the movie ended. Um, we went to see Crazy Rich Asians. And, yes. Uh, yes. It was so good. I wish I kind of read the book before, but now I'm excited to read it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've I, heard that's I a really good movie, it. but I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. Go ahead. Gush. Gush away. Oh, there's um, some tasty food. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, so spoiler alert, Jeanette, it was really uh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, though. I laughed. Yeah. I cried. Yes. I, it was, yeah, it was it really was good. a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I knew I was going to like it, but, like, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, not a whole lot of reading, but, you know, I got to at least see Crazy Rich Asians, and, uh, it was, uh, it was good. It was, and the, it's an independent movie theater, so they don't show, like, regular commercials before the movie starts. They show, like, YouTube videos and stuff related to the movie. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, um, I don't know which, if it was, like, college humor, BuzzFeed, or or something, like, I I honestly don't know, but there, (laughs) it was called... Um, uh, the Asian bachelor or Asian bachelor Asian bachelorette, where the white girl had to pick from only Asian guys. <laughs> um, it was a lot funnier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that kind of stuff, really like makes a the movie theater. We like going there. Yeah, that's fun. Um, yeah. So now we know that you're adding that book to your TBR. Yes. But what have we been reading recently? Oh, well, continuing my rereads. Woo! I'm I'm like on a roll. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you are. This is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm reading Order of the Phoenix, um, and of Ingleside, uh, which I had to pause Order of the Phoenix to read Anne of Ingleside because they're both audiobooks and Anne is a library book. So <laughs> it's like I should read that first. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. And then I'm also reading Attachments. I love Attachments so, so much. Aww. That is I say a that every one. time we bring it up, but yeah. <laughs> I still love it, just in case yep. anybody was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I just started, so it's like all that setup and stuff. Um, it's like, oh, man, like I really – I remember the setup, and it, it was a little confusing at first trying to keep track who was speaking in the emails. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I kept thinking, I'm like, why aren't they using like – um, was it 1999? Why aren't they using Insta Messenger? You know, why are they only sending email? Okay. Anyways, that, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is true. We definitely were into our AOL IMs, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That was very much a 1999 thing. <laughs> definitely dating ourselves, but that's okay. Yes. We love, at least I loved the 90s. Yeah. I do love the 90s. I'm just wondering if maybe they didn't have that because most of the emails take place in a work setting. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So maybe yeah. they didn't have actual AOL, just like work email. Mm, you might be right. They weren't as fancy with it, so it was harder to integrate stuff. Yep. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Clear memories of the 90s here, apparently. <laughs> Even though I, didn't, I wasn't working anywhere in the 90s. <laughs> right, exactly. We were, we're not that old. <laughs> we <weren't that> old. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm older than you guys, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not had, that much. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, a couple of years. <laughs> don't get carried away here, Suze. <laughs> you, you, were, you, were not, you were not a young professional in the 90s. Oh, no. No, no. 
That was uh, that is completely dating myself, but that was the uh, huge deal because we were the last class of the millennium. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. You that you graduated sense. the same year as my older sister. Mm. So yeah, that was it. Mm. Was it was like a big deal? It was right. What's the big deal? Well, everybody's making a big deal out of it. <laughs> so, uh, what are you reading, Jeanette? So I'm still working on Don Quixote, but but I've got good news, guys. I am have less than a quarter of the book to go. I Whoa. made so much progress. I ate away at that book in August. Nice. I, I really thought I was going to be done before September, but then, you know, library books popped up. <laughs> um, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. So less than a quarter of the book to go. I'm going to finish it this month. That's going to be my birthday present to me. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I'm reading that. I'm reading A Reaper at the Gates by Saba Tahir. Also really close to the end. So It's so good, right? It is really good. It was a little confusing at first because I'd forgotten how many crazy things had happened. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, right, that crazy thing happened. So, but it only takes like a few chapters to like get me back to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So that's been really, really fun, and I'm really excited to finish that one. So be probably finishing that in the next few days. And then I'm also reading – I got an arc of Don't Call Me Crazy. Um, that's the collection of, like, essays and things about mental health that oh. is edited ed- – I can say this word, guys – edited by Kelly Jensen – yeah, um, I've heard about that one. It sounds really interesting. It is really interesting. I've read a couple of essays so far. I've been taking that one kind of slowly because I'm reading so many other things right now. But it's like, it's interesting and it's also fun. Like, it's clearly designed to be able to be read by anybody, like a young adult or, a, you know, teen. And so it's got really cool designs in it, and it's just really, really interesting. I've read, like I said, I've read like three or four so far. And there's just different kinds of mental illness, some that I've never even heard of. And people being so candid and just being like, hey, let's talk about this and how this works. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so interested in this. And it's got so many writers and you know celebrities it's just got so many voices in it people that i wouldn't have even pegged um for being involved in a project like this not necessarily for mental illness because obviously mental illness can happen to anybody Mm -hmm. but like being part of like an essay collection like this Mm -hmm. i was like oh i didn't know you wrote but this is gonna be awesome it's gonna be fun Oh, cool. I'm glad that you're liking that. Um, yeah. when, do you know when it comes out? October 2nd. Oh, well, there That's you go. Soon. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. about a month. So, yeah, I got it. I got the I actually got the arc a few weeks ago. But like I said, I put it on the side for a few. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really good, guys. <laughs> cool. So I am I'm bouncing between a couple of things right now. One um, is called The Fantasy Fiction Formula by Deborah Chester. And it's actually like a writing book about how to write 
you know, a, a fantasy book. But I think a lot of the advice she's giving could be used for any type of fiction, really. Mm. Uh, so that's been really interesting um, to read that. And I am on the third book in the Throne of Glass series, Heir of Fire by Sarah J. Maas. Um, because, yeah, because the, sec- <laughs> the, the second, the seventh <laughs> book comes out in October. And I had this grand idea that I was going to somehow catch up over the last few months and be ready. And I mean, that's not going to happen at this point because it's September. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm on the third book and I will keep going. Um, so far, so good. Um, I'm I think I'm maybe like a third of the way through. So I'm finally meeting all these characters that like I've heard their names before. I know, right? Like there's a whole (laughs) bunch of main characters that don't get introduced into like the third book or maybe even the fourth book. I think there's one or two in the fourth book that get introduced. So thankfully, I haven't, you know, considering how long the books have been out, I haven't been super spoiled for things, but I've definitely heard names. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And now I can be like, I know who that is. So that's exciting. Um, So those are the only ones I'm actively reading right now. But some books I finished lately, uh, since I wasn't on last month that I want to talk about. (laughs) Um, I I listened to Hidden Figures by Margot Lee Shetterly via audiobook. I finished that recently, and it was really good. So that was another one that has a movie, obviously. I saw the movie. Um, Yeah, the movie was really good, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the movie was so good. But... The book has so well, obviously, the book has so much more information mm-hmm. that they can fit in a movie, right? But it goes all the way back. Like these women started working there in World War II. So we're talking wow. about de- yeah, like decades before this like the movie decides to, you know, show. Mm. So there's so many more women you're following, so much more history. So if you liked the movie, definitely check out the book because there's just so much more information. Um, and recently, Jeanette and I did a buddy read of Warcross by Marie Lu. It was really fun. Aww. We set it up so we'd read a couple chapters a day mm-hmm. and then like message each other about our thoughts. And I liked it. You liked it too, Jeanette, right? I did like it. It was a lot of fun. And like I should have brought that up. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun doing the buddy read, obviously. But it's just a fun book. It was. It was like a lot of action. Now, I do have to say, I mean, not to toot our own horns or anything, (laughs) but we pretty much, I think between the two of us, we figured out all of the twists Mm, or at least had a pretty good idea. (laughs) I think we called all of them except for like one. Yeah. Maybe. So, but it was still fun, you know, like you still have an idea of what's coming, um, but it was a lot of fun. And so I think maybe we'll buddy read... Uh, wild card which i think is coming out in is it this month or next month it comes out this month oh is that wow the okay. sequel? yeah yes. that's okay. the second part it's a gotcha. duology okay gotcha yeah so, so that'll be fun and we'll see because i think there's there's one other idea we have hanging out there that we'll have to see if if that comes to fruition yeah. or not yeah that was it we called all the twists but the one thing we don't know if we called or not we'll find out so mm. Yeah. (laughs) And then one other book that I just want to mention real quick that I've enjoyed recently is Lady Cop Makes Trouble by Amy Stewart. Because I know we read the first book Mm -hmm. on the podcast and it was a lot of fun. And I think I actually liked the second book even better, honestly. Yeah, the second book is a lot of fun because it's more Constance-centered, I feel like. So that was my Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So if you read and liked that first book... 
You should definitely pick up the second one. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier in the week, we were, you know, chatting and we realized that we were talking a, a lot about books that have also been made into movies yeah. <laughs> for this episode, right? Um, and a lot of the books we've read on the podcast have become either a movie or like a mini series mm-hmm. TV show or just some sort of other media, right? So I'm wondering, do you ever think that a movie is better than the book? Yes. Yes. <laughs> in, in I know it's blas- blasphemy to say, right? But yep. I think so too. Yeah. Yep. I'll say um, it. I, I mean was, it. So, all right. So what, what are some movies then that you thought were better than the books? Well, so I am, uh, I am not a huge Nicholas Sparks fan, um, but I really love The Notebook, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> oh gosh, like ugly crying the yeah, whole time. Oh right? my, it's just so well done. Um, I hated the book. <laughs> <laughs> like I absolutely hated it. I hated how he did the timelining, and it just. Like, it, it, I didn't like it at all. Like, they made it flow so much better in, in the movie. It's like, ugh. It's just, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a book that I liked okay. This is where I leave you. Um, it's, like, about dis- dysfunctional family. The father passes away and the family comes together, you know, and, oh, you know, t- awkward hilarity and stuff ensues. Um I like the book okay, but I really liked the movie. I liked it more than I thought. Um, Jason Bateman was in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like him. He's just, like, awkward, funny, pretty okay. And, like, that's not too awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like that one. I think my thing is, like, a lot of movies I like, I like just as much as the book. For yes. different that reasons. That me a lot. Yeah. Um, so th- it was hard for me to choose. I'm like, oh, this movie, wait, I like the book too. And I re- I like the movie. <laughs> um, but those two stood out for me. Yeah. That's, that's nice when you can like them both for being their own thing, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that happens to me a lot with things like harry potter like Mm -hmm. not all the movies i think are as good as the books but the ones that are i'm like okay you are your own harry potter universe yes and you are your this other harry potter universe yes that's Mm -hmm. how i think of it too yeah so because like for example the third movie i really really like but that book is also my favorite so i would never be like this is way better than the book Mm -hmm. it's just they're two Mm. individual very good things yep yeah and and for me I've seen obviously I've seen the movies a lot more times than I've read the books. So mm-hmm. at this point, if when I go back to reread the books, I'll be like, "Oh, is that how it happened?" <laughs> you know. Yep. So, um, what about you, Jeanette? Every time anybody asks me this question, it's like I don't even have to answer. It's instinctive. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws by Peter Benchley. Don't even bother with the book. Watch the movie. It's a classic of film. Yes, I know. This sounds crazy. What? 
Jeanette, afraid of fish and sharks, is going to recommend that you watch Jaws. (laughs) Yes, I will recommend. Okay, A, I I love shark movies. Um, Not in theaters. I don't go to theaters to watch shark movies. Sharks are terrifying. They could sneak up behind me in the dark. (laughs) But at home, in the safety of my own home, on my sofa, with my brother either next to me or on Skype, then I watch shark movies. That's her thing. Um, you really do have an interesting relationship with your like no. huge fear of yeah, sharks, right? No. It could be like a therapy thing. It's for like an outlet to like let out her fear, you okay. know? Other people go and watch scary movies. I don't do scary movies. I do shark movies. That's my scary but, movie. Yeah, I was about to say, those are your scary movies, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jaws just happens to be a classic the history of the film is interesting. The actual film is really good. But the book is completely, not completely, but it's very different from the movie. And what to me, what makes the movie such a classic is, well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of good, really good scenes. But there's a particular scene where the three men who are shark hunting are sitting on the boat and they don't realize that the shark's about to come and attack their boat, but that's what's going to happen. But they're sitting there and they're bonding over scars. Like first it's like competitive about like, oh, you don't know anything about sharks. You don't know anything about sharks. And they start like talking and then they start bonding over scars and things like that and singing like drinking songs and everything. It's just a really interesting scene of these three characters. In the book, the characters are like, jerks like Mm. the one guy sleeps with the police officer's wife sorry for spoilers people (laughs) but like the wife is like a really interesting character in the film and she's supportive and she's cool in the book she sleeps with the the scientist i'm like dude so like the the screen writers were just like you know what i really don't like what they did with that character in the book mm-hmm. so we're gonna change it yeah <laughs> that's my guess but like it's just it's probably a good decision <laughs> like i felt so unsatisfied mm. at the end of that book in a way that i've never felt watching the movie so interesting watch hmm. the movie tell them i sent you they will be surprised <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Meredith? So one that I've actually read this year uh, was The Martian by Andy Weir. I I really did like the book, but it got so bogged down with these nitty-gritty details. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, just the fact that all the stuff he's having to do and repair has to get written out in a book as opposed to just being a montage in a movie. That's true. <laughs> right. Um, so I just, I think, I just, I really enjoyed the movie because it, it was a little more faster paced. I think they hit almost everything in the book, like all the big stuff. They might have made a few tweaks and changes and mm-hmm. omissions. But overall, I think it was really true to the book, but it was just, I don't know, it was just... A, it was more fun for me. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy the book and I listened to it via audiobook and the narrator was really good. So good. <laughs> um, yeah, like, right? It was really good, but there was definitely times we were listening to it on a road trip where I definitely was zoning out when he was talking about all the, the different, like, I don't know, screws and bolts he needed to get and he needed to, you know, 
put them this many centimeters apart. And so then he drilled one and mm-hmm. had to wait for the drill bit thing to, to charge again. cool down yeah. and charge yep. and then drill, drill another one. And I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> can, <laughs> can we, can we, can we keep going? <laughs> no. You <have> <laughs> you're, you're stuck on Mars too with this guy. Mm-hmm. That's um, funny. Yeah. So that one, I definitely would still recommend reading the book, but if you don't have time, you could definitely watch the movie and I think pretty much get the same out of it. Yeah. There is one thing though in the movie that still kind of cracks me up, but, um, and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens at the beginning of the book and the beginning of the movie, but this guy gets stuck on Mars, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind heard. of the point. <laughs> yeah, you know, you heard, right? So in the movie, when he like, jolts awake from being unconscious on Mars, you can see a cameraman in the reflection of his helmet. And it really bothers me that they didn't reshoot that. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Oh, yeah. So it's it's near the beginning of the movie. I noticed it the first time in the movie theater. And so obviously I notice it every time Mm -hmm. now that I see it on TV. And I'm like, come on, guys. (laughs) So I was like a... I just read this recently, either earlier this year or last year, and I've never seen the movie. So it's sitting on my DVR right now, and now I'm so excited to, like, go down and watch that (laughs) scene at some point this week. Yep. Nice. Uh, It's so annoying, because I'm like, he's supposed to be alone on Mars, and I can see the cameraman. (laughs) Help him, cameraman. Help him. I'm going to have to rewatch that movie now. (laughs) <laughs> at least it's at the beginning yeah. so you can just yeah. kind of watch the first few minutes if you need to um so yeah so i would definitely recommend seeing that movie if you haven't and this one i want to see if i know what you're gonna say you probably do i think we may have had this conversation before but that's what i'm thinking i'm like sitting here like <laughs> anticipating. sitting in the dark you don't know <laughs> yeah this one might be uh might make people a little upset. I'm glad that I am alone in my room recording so you can't throw a pillow or something at me. I know where um, you live. So another movie that I liked better than the book was The Princess Bride. I knew William it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I know you really like that book, don't you, Jeanette? Yes, one I do. So that was like a um, that was a book that my dad gave me when I was a kid because I loved the movie so much and I have like a real history with the movie. Um, but I will agree, even though oh, okay. I really love the book and I really love the film, I will agree that in some ways the film is better than the book, but I don't think in always because I think it depends what you're looking for. This is one of those cases where I think they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could so, see that. Like, if you're looking for, like, a fun, like, a funny fantasy story, like, straight funny fantasy story, I think maybe you're better going off with the film. But if you're looking for, like, a, like, big satirical thing, then I think the book is better at that. Okay. I can see that. two different things. I think what threw me off... um, I saw the movie many times before I read the book and, you know, I knew somewhat that it was written like the, the author was not the author kind of thing, like kind of that whole shtick. Um, But I did not realize, I I mean, I don't know. I haven't read it in a while now, but I felt like it was 
50 pages at the beginning that was not the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading it and I'm really confused. And I'm like, is this is this a foreword about the actual author? I'm, I don't understand what I'm reading. This is really boring. Why? Where is the Princess Bride? I just want to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because as a kid, I had that same feeling. And then as I started going through it, because one of the things that makes it a funny satire as a book is that every few pages, there are these like fourth wall breaking moments where the author acknowledges like, oh, yeah, I had to do this here. Yeah. And And I like those. I mean, sometimes they got to be a little much. Um, They did. But like as a kid, like once I got that okay all of this all of this is supposed to be satire including the foreword and everything i thought it was the most hilarious thing yeah and yeah so i can appreciate that i just feel like i think the beginning part was just too long for me yeah um but i mean I, i i trekked on and i did like the you know i did like the book and i did like that we got more backstory on some of the characters but yeah. overall, the movie is just a classic, right? And I think it also helped that the the screenplay was written by the author. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so anyway, so I, I think those are my two big ones that if anyone ever asked is what I would say. Um, but we did ask our Litzy followers if there are any movies that they liked better than the books. And they had some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so here's just a few of them. Uh, Stored Feminism said, Forrest Gump is such a better movie. I was shocked by how much I did not like the book. Mm. And that is a good movie. I haven't read the book. Um, Yes. It is a good movie, though. Heather Feather said, The Lord of the Rings movies. (laughs) My God, the books were boring at AF. Sorry. uh, (laughs) Almost said that. I would have been bleeped. (laughs) He saved you a bleep, David. Yep. <laughs> we'll look short. And so, I mean, I get this one. I, I, I did love too. the books, but I understand yep. how some yeah. people feel about the books. Yep. And, but I'm sorry, just real quick tangent. I love the movies. I pretty much watch them whenever they're randomly on TV. But there are a couple of things that I have qualms about, and I just want to get them out there. <laughs> um, specifically, the character arcs being changed for Fairmere and the Ents. Mm, yep. I think they were unnecessary. <laughs> I feel like Faramir was pretty much supposed to be a foil to his brother Boromir, right? Mm-hmm. Boromir was taken over by the power of the ring. He was he succumbed to it. But Faramir does not. He has the chance to take the ring. He doesn't do it. He lets Frodo and Sam go on their way and, you know, fulfill their, their journey, right? But in the movie, it's it's... Yeah, they totally, totally like just toned him down, and he is because we just left him like doing in our our oh yeah in two towers. We just left Farmer. We're like, no, come back, Farmer, come with us. (laughs) He's amazing, (laughs) right? And and so in the movie they do this un completely unnecessary thing where Farmer's like, no, I'm going to take you back to Gondor, Mm -hmm. and so he takes them back. And they're there for, what, like a 30-second clip with the Nazgul. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you see them, they're back in freaking Mordor. What was the point? Yeah. 
I'm sorry. I have feelings. So, yeah. listeners, um, you get two rants today for the price of one. <laughs> one from me, one from Meredith. <laughs> yeah. So, e- that uh, made uh, me mad. <laughs> yeah. So it did. So, that made me mad because there was literally no reason. Mm-hmm. It just wasted a couple minutes of the film for no reason at all. And then the same with the ints. The, and this just made me sad because they again they took away their better character Mm -hmm. like in the books they have a meeting and they decide that they're going to help fight Mm -hmm. in the movies they decide we don't really care about you we're not going to fight but we'll go drop you off and then they see the the destruction of the trees and get mad and decide to fight Mm -hmm. and i'm like no they decided to fight before they even saw that so anyway (laughs) cinematically i can see why Yep, the movie makers would make think that makes a better story, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know increases the understanding for the audience. Yep, but it does take away from the characters, which is sad. Yep, yeah. So those are my two big qualms with the movies. Otherwise, I watch the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> I just get angry. I do. It's fair. <laughs> Um, uh, and then a couple more real quick I wanted to mention. Nitpicky about trains said the Maze Runner movies were way more fun than the books, which use weird fake slang, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, I haven't read those either. Um, no, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, a, a pattern here where I haven't read a lot of these books, but I've seen <laughs> movies. Um, and Book Zombie said, I liked the movie Silence of the Lambs better than the book. The book is good, and it might be a case of which came first for me. I saw the movie many times before I ever read the book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point, too. Yep. Sometimes if you've just seen the movie so many times, that's how the story is to you. Mm-hmm. And then you read the book, and you're like, whoa. And sometimes that's a good thing, right? Sometimes you're like, oh, wow, there's so much here, much more here. And then sometimes it just it doesn't work anymore, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you already yeah. have the story in your head. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And thus ends my ranting about movies <laughs> okay so i think after we record we might need to spend some time letting our feelings out giving each other some big hugs but for now <laughs> yeah. we're gonna press on to our main read <laughs> we're tough we can do this <laughs> so we read the bear and the nightingale this month and i'm just gonna give a quick summary and we'll get into it guys so vasya isn't like the other girls in her village She's not like the other people in her village. She can see the house spirits and nature spirits when no one else believes that they're anything more than stories and superstition. Her father decides he's got to bring her in line, so he brings back a new stepmother from Moscow who teams up with the new priest in the village to drive out what they see as the country folks' sinful superstitions. But when the crops fail, the fires burn, and the people begin to die... It's up to Vasya to stop the threat that's rising in the forest. So, guys, what is one thing that stood out to you in this book? Well, for me, it was the pacing. Um, it was slow, but it wasn't, like, torturously slow, thankfully, because this is not a long book. Um, no, it's but not. But it felt long. <laughs> um. So, but it's so I I felt like she was trying to like get get this feeling across, which is maybe why she chose to keep the pacing as it was. Um, so I don't know. I, I, it was slow, but like thankfully it wasn't too bad. Um, and if anything, I guess I could have sped up the audio book, you know. But 
<laughs> That's hindsight. <fair>. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so I was, I thought that was really interesting. I felt like she was towing a fine line for that. Hmm. It was very atmospheric, right? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> it really way to was. Mm-hmm. Um, which made it interesting to read when it was like the feel like temperature was a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> I know <laughs> it was in the nineties all week when I read this book. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I think it was definitely very atmospheric, which was nice. Um, but one thing that just really, apparently, I'm just ranting today, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, But one thing that really bothered me, and maybe it only bothered me because I'm reading the fantasy fiction formula right now, and the author spends a lot of time talking about when you're writing a scene, you only have it from one character's point of view Mm -hmm. because it gets confusing and you don't want to confuse your readers or like annoy them if they have to figure out who's, you know, who you're hearing, who you're, who's thinking these thoughts. And there was definitely a lot of times that happened in this book where you would it seemed like it was from, you know, her father, Piotr's point of view. And then suddenly in the middle of it all, you're getting a thought from the priest Constantine. And you're like, wait, is this, has this been from Constantine's point of view the whole time? And then you're like going back and rereading and you're like, no, I don't, I don't think it is. And so like, for me, that just really pulled me out of the story when that would happen. Mm. Um, And I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I did. Yeah. I mean, it did I didn't notice it really in the book, like throughout the book that often, but it does happen in the big climactic scene. It does. Near the end. Yes. And that I found jarring because if it happened the rest of the book, it was subtle enough that I don't think I really noticed it, or at least I didn't notice it most of the time. But during the big climactic scene, most of that is told from Vasya's point of view, and then it changes points of view. Mm-hmm. And I thought the point of view was changing to a different character because I did notice, of course, that the book changes point of, points of view. It just never took me out of the story as much as it did with you, I think. But I thought the point of view was changing to a different character who was actually in the scene, and it wasn't. It changed to Piotr, who had just shown up. I was just thinking mm-hmm. that. Like, I think that's where I totally felt confused, you know, because I was listening. Yeah, like, and I was completely yep. confused because I thought it was changing to the Winter King or the Bear because those two characters actually were mm-hmm. present the whole time in that scene. And it was actually Piotr. And I'm like, wait, you can't – it changed to somebody who just showed up. <laughs> we didn't know he was here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so – Yep. Yeah, that confused me. And that kind of impacted the way I was reading the climax because it did take me out of the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Writers, don't confuse your readers. No. It's not going to help you. Especially when they listen to audiobooks because like, you can get too lazy and just not rewind, you know, because <laughs> you're not sure like how to move it back. Like 30 seconds won't be enough. But if you do two 30 seconds and it's like you went too far back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, you can't just... No. Yeah, you can't just flip two pages. (laughs) Hashtag bookworm problems. Yep. Sure. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So, um, get into the story a little bit. Um, Let's talk about how the story all... Happens. So the Winter King gives Piotr this talisman 
so he can give it to Vasya. And this is supposed to protect them all, right? But Dunya, who is Vasya's nurse, decides, no, I'm going to hold on to the talisman until Vasya's old enough. And then she keeps, like, delaying giving it to him, right? Because she's worried, oh, no, Vasya won't be safe if I give her this. She'll be the property of the Winter King. So how did you feel about these decisions of Pyotr and Dunya to hold this back? Uh, they really annoyed me. Same. Yeah, Same. right? Okay. <laughs> so, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like some of the stakes kind of were lowered at once Piotr came home with the talisman. Because you see, he's leaving Moscow. The Winter King comes up and is like holding a knife to his oldest son's throat and is like, you will give your daughter Vasya this talisman and you will not tell her who it's from and she must wear it all the time or your eldest is going to die, right? That's pretty much how he puts it. So what does Piotr do when he gets home? He does not give it to Vasya. He gives it to Dunya. And Which then, I didn't understand. But right. Keep going. So that, you know, confused me. Um, his son did not die. Dunya then decides, I'm going to hold on to this like, like you were saying, Jeanette. And then the Winter King comes pretty immediately, I think within a day or two, into her dreams. And is like, why haven't, you know, why did you steal this? Why aren't you giving this to her? And she's like, oh, well, you know, Vasya's is not ready. She's still a child. And then he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> you know, oh, whatever you think is best. <laughs> you know her better than I do. All right. I'm not like, you know, an immortal, you know, spirit God thing that can kind of see what's coming and is the whole reason why I want her to have this talisman, right? No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, you, d- you do you and you give it to her when you think is best. And I'm still not going to kill the oldest son so cool right um no (laughs) i I didn't i I just i don't i I don't know yeah we we had this conversation about how it's like you know when a man and a woman are talking and she's like oh i can't do that and he's like well why not and she's like you know women problems female problems and guys are like whoa 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 okay backing up backing up it's like say no more Uh, take take all the time you need Oh Vasya's goodness. like, well, or Dunya's like, Vasya's not really a woman yet. You're like, you know, girl thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, I'll come back in a couple years. I mean, Let's what, not talk more about what this. What was she thinking was really going to happen? I mean, she was still a child when he wanted the talisman given to her. And didn't he say to Piotr, like, oh, yes, so give this to her and I will come get her when t- the time is ready, you know? Didn't he say that yeah, to him? I, Something like that. I don't know. It, it it was what confused me about the whole like situation. Actually, I mean, I was frustrated with Dunya um, because she kept putting it off. But I, what actually confused me is that the Winter King is very strict about you can't tell anybody where you got this talisman. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? There doesn't appear to be any any reason why Piotr can't say, I ran into this stranger and he gave me a gift for my daughter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm it's- not really sure either. And and I know Dunya thinks that she's protecting Vasya, obviously. You know, Va- uh, Dunya loves Vasya like her own child. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like... 
I feel like Dunya is keeping it from her because she thinks like somehow this is going to tie Vasya to the Winter King for the rest of her life. Like she's going to have to go marry the king of death or whatever. <laughs> and I don't really think that's what happens. I mean, in the end, she still gets the talisman. And then it's just like, I mean, he does offer, it seems, to like, hey, you you can stay here or I can give you this really good, um, uh, what is it called? Not a bounty. Uh, no. Dowry. <laughs> Dowry. Dowry. <laughs> Thank you. Like, not the right word. Um, <laughs> um, and then she's like, nah, I'm good. And he's like, I just feel like anytime she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to stay here. I don't. He's just like, okay, cool. Just, he was a very so- laid back yeah. God, I don't know. It, so that leads kind of to my next question. Like, we don't really know why, right? So do you trust the Winter King? Is there something he's still hiding? I'm sure there's something he's still hiding. Um, but I don't I don't know what that would be. Um, yeah, it's, it's not super clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I trust him more than his brother, the right. bear. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. He's not trying to end the world. But. <laughs> um, but I think he does have plans for Vasya. He's he, being a god. He looks like the bigger picture that, no, you know, humans can't see. Um, and I think he still has use for her. He's just not telling her. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely hiding something. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's something that would come out because I know this is a trilogy. So maybe there's more to come. Mm-hmm. But the way this first book is written, it kind of ties it up pretty nicely at the end. and It, it, it really it, does. I like the so way it's it kind of like, yeah. I, I don't know. You're like, so is she just done with the Winter King now? Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, they were able to subdue his brother again. And so like, cool, have a nice life kind of thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. And that's what kind of like, has me confused because I did like the atmospheric nature of this story. I like how it uh, draws on Russian folklore. And maybe it's because I read it during the wrong season. I could see myself (laughs) being really into this if I had read it in winter. Hmm. But I mean, the story is over. I don't feel like a super strong need right now to pick up the second one. So I would make that decision, you know, a couple months when it starts getting colder. Like, oh, do I want something wintry to read? Maybe I should pick up the second book. It's going to be summer there. <laughs> but wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> um, but right now, don't really feel like I need it. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it, it was yeah. a good ending. Like, I like how it ended because it's like she's showing her independence She's not depending on anybody. She's going to go do her own thing, go out into the world, see the world. Um, I like that, you know? I don't know what, I don't want her to come back at his beck and call, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, and looking at the second book, so the second book, the summary, anyway, not the summary, the blurb, seems to indicate that she's going to go to one of the cities, I can't think now. And they, like instead of being about her and Alyosha and Irina, she's actually going to spend time with Olga and Sasha in the second book. Okay. So I think it'll be a little bit different. But will the Winter King still be 
helping her out or oh my gosh calling her back i don't know i just i don't know i just had a parallel thought about this uh i just thought of pocahontas because <laughs> random because the first book vasia is out in nature you know and like uh-huh. protecting nature and things like that pocahontas kind of does the same thing opens john smith's eyes and in the second movie pocahontas goes to london <laughs> into the big city <laughs> And here in the second book, Vasya is going to go to one of the big Russian cities. Like, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, it's really, like, what, what is it about like, quote unquote, a country bumpkin going into the city? It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, you now just call I'm thinking Pocahontas a country bumpkin. <laughs> well, okay, yes, because I'm, I, you know, we're not video chatting, quote unquote, country bumpkin. You know, okay. air quotes. Yes. It's like, wait, you can't see me, but I did do quotes. Okay. One of nature. How's that? <laughs> well, the funny thing about that is that while she, you were describing Pocahontas going into the big city, I thought about like, well, isn't isn't the sequel to Babe, Babe Pig in the City? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a common trope then. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> oh, and I said Country Bumpkin because like the only other one I can think about was um, one of the Beatrix Potter stories about that country mouse going into the city. <laughs> Meeting a city that, that's mouse. That's true. So... I, I guess remember it's those just books. the natural, the natural progression, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, I don't even know which question to go with next now. <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> All right, let, let's get, let's go back to Vasya. Let's talk about Vasya. So, our country um, bumpkin. Yes, our, our current country bumpkin. <laughs> Well, actually, this is actually a really good question for that um, because we have Vasya, our country bumpkin, and we have her stepmother, Anna, who um, is a city girl. What are some of their parallels and differences? Why does Anna hate Vasya so much? I thought that was interesting. Um like the, they could see the same things, but Anna just has such a fear of it, and Vasya completely embraces it. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that because Anna's very Christianly devout. Are they Catholic? Yes, um, right. Russian Orthodox. Russian Orthodox. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Russian Orthodox. It's slightly different. Yeah. Um, and then there's Vasya, who's like you know pretty pretty much of the old world. Um. And just the fear Anna has. It's like she's not even attempting to like understand yet. But here's Vasya who's like understanding these creatures and is friends with them and like has a good rapport and has a good relationship. Things are well. And it's like, look what you can accomplish when you get to, you know, when you get to know somebody or something that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Um, a lot of Anna's fear comes from her lack of understanding, right? Mm -hmm. From not knowing. And and I think maybe that's like country versus city, right? 
uh, Vasya grew up with the stories of what these spirits are. Even, even for everyone else who can't see them, they still talk about them. Some of them may or may not believe in them. They might just be kind of going through the motions of like a tradition, right? Mm-hmm. right. Uh, but she, yeah, she grew up understanding what these, uh, you know, spirits or whatever you want to call them um, House are. Elves. Yes, the house. <laughs> yes, the little we've been calling the one that lives in the oven a house elf. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, and so and so she understands them. But I'm assuming Anna probably didn't hear these stories growing up in the royal palace. Sure, and so and so yeah. So I, I can understand why she would. I mean, it would be kind of I don't know. At, at, at one point, it would be scary to see these, but at the same time, she's like. She's freaking out because the spirit she sees is sitting on a on a stool mending clothes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I mean, I get that it might be a little disconcerting that there seems to be some sort of what you think is a demon sitting there. But, like, it's mending clothes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not it's doing not anything like... dastardly. So we don't know I, what he's going to do with those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. He's going to put them on and be free. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dobby's a free elf. What? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, well, and then to kind of continue that train of thought then, because I agree with you. I th- understand why, you know, Anna would be a little bit afraid seeing these creatures, especially if she didn't have those stories for background. And you can see things that nobody else sees. Right. She's like, the only one around that sees them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so of course, yeah. you're going to also think you're crazy. Sure. Um, yeah. But do you find either her or uh, Constantine, the priest, sympathetic in any way? Like, yeah, we understand her, but is that does that make her more sympathetic? Hmm. I have no sympathy for Constantine. Um, because he he's doing everything to receive accolades. He wants. He wants fame. He wants to be the priest who, like, converts everybody. Um, Save the country bumpkins. Yes. (laughs) Um, He's not really doing it for the right reasons. And so I just – I have no sympathy for him at all. I I hate him. (laughs) I think the author – I mean, I think the author does a good job, though, with showing that, right? Yes. I I do – I think some of it is based in – true faith that he has like i do believe that he really does believe in god but yeah he's not doing it for the right reasons he's doing it for very selfish prideful reasons right yeah i I agree like i found him sympathetic at the beginning when he first got there because you know he's so miserable in the country and he wishes he hadn't been taken away and it seems and he's like seems like he's really believing at first like mm-hmm. he's like oh man you know i don't understand that you know these people with their like sinful like worship of these you know house spirits or whatever and so i felt like kind of sympathy for him in that sense like okay you know you've been taken away from your home and you know you don't understand the culture that you've been dropped in um and you think you're doing something good but then like it immediately goes into no, I've got to save them, and then everybody'll like be impressed with me, and I was like, "Oh, you lost me mm-hmm. right, yeah, I agree, yep, <clears throat> and then it's <laughs> oh my gosh, how prideful when he knows that there's like all of these spirits and different things that Anna and Vasya can see, and then he's almost killed by 
a water spirit himself, mm-hmm. that when he first hears a voice out of nothing, he automatically is like, this is definitely God yes. talking to me. <laughs> yeah, so arrogant. Like, oh, my so God. So arrogant. Well, and it makes it, like, the, his later actions more reprehensible because, mm-hmm. you know, they when they throw Vasya out to the wilderness, he has seen... Like they've all, they all just saw Dunya as a vampire, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they all saw her, and he's like, "This is Vasya's spot, uh, fault. Let's throw her out into yeah. the freezing cold where she'll die." And I'm like, "No, you know she's not making this up. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw it." Yep. And, but but, he's but that's doing easier, it. right? I think it's yeah. easier to blame her. I mean, well, and that's what happened throughout yeah. history, right? You don't mm-hmm. understand something, you're scared of something. It's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it's more like he knows that this is like, you know, he knows that this is real. He knows what she was up to, but he's doing it for his own sake. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. I, that it was just, I'm like, this is so reprehensible. You are yeah. throwing a kid out yeah. in the cold. Well, and I think he also has some self-hatred, especially by the end of the book, because he's definitely feeling things mm-hmm. for Vasya yeah, that he shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. he's he's being lustful towards her and he's, you know, feeling these things that as a, you know, as a priest, he shouldn't be feeling. And so I think a lot of it is probably also self-hatred at that point. Mm-hmm. And well, I can make myself clean again if I just get rid of this girl, whether she is a witch or not, whether this is real or not. Mm-hmm. It would be easier for me if she was not here. <laughs> <sighs> it would be easier yeah. for everyone if you were not here, Constantine. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like, everything everything starts falling apart when he brings all this fear in. Definitely. You know, right. the, pretty much the fear that Anna has been feeling her whole life mm-hmm. is then spread out to all of the villagers. Oh, yeah. It's true. I mean, there's that, you can definitely see that line, parallel line, right? Like, the more fear there are in the people, like, the more tragedy, tragic things are happening, and the spirits are going away, you know? Right. Um, Um, So I'm going to go back to something that Susan said, because you had talked about how you really liked how she went her kind of independent way Mm -hmm. at the end of the book. Um. Do you think – so the whole book, Vasya is like, oh, I've got to get married, which I don't want to do, or I've got to join a convent, which I don't want to do. But if I stay here, I'm going to be an outsider within my village and indeed within my own family because everybody thinks I'm crazy or a witch. Um, do you think she should have tried harder to kind of blend into the community and not be the crazy witch? Like what would you have done in her place? Um, probably leave like she did. (laughs) (laughs) Would Um, you have done it? Like, would you have waited so long to leave though? Like she spends a lot of time being like, I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. And everybody's like, you can't stay here though. People uh, hate you. But well, oh, go ahead, Meredith. I, she's only leaving at the end because all of her parental figures are dead Mm -hmm. and she finally can. Right. I mean, her father never would have let her just leave on her own. True. Um, so, 
And and that's kind of, I mean, I know this isn't like a young adult book necessarily, but it's the same kind of trope you fall into YA books with is, uh, well, we got to kill off the parents so that they can go <laughs> do these things yeah. because if there were parents around, they wouldn't be allowed to do this. <laughs> um and so I feel like that's some of it, mm-hmm. the, because the whole time she wants to do things, and her father's like, um, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is a woman's lot in life. You know, I feel like they say that about 10 million times. And to be fair, the the time setting in this book, way, way back when. Right. Yeah, it's not like women had a choice, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it depends on your personality. It would have been easier for her just to go with the flow and pretend like she wasn't seeing all these things and not fight back. Well, sure. Um, but or in at the least end, do it on the sly. Like, right. I felt like she yeah. was not subtle sometimes. <laughs> no, no. Subtlety was not um, no. in her wheelhouse. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, I just... Mm-hmm. and. She wanted to save her village. And I think that's really why she, it took her so long because she was, she was sacrificing herself, like giving her portion of food to the Domovoy and everybody to make sure like they were happy so that they would keep things safe, you know? So yeah. I think oh, she felt the, like an the obligation. Little, um, what was the spirit called that lived with the horses in the oh, stables? He shoot. was cute. He was cute. I don't remember his his name. Um, oh, it begins with an R, mm. I think. But anyway, no, that was yeah. the river one. Anyway, yeah, but I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you're talking about sacrifice. There are sacrifices bookending this book, basically. You know, Vasya's yeah. mother sacrifices herself so she can have a daughter, and then her father sacrifices himself at the end to save his children, and indeed he ends up saving the village. How is this important and is a theme in the book? And how did you feel about those sacrifices? Because I had some really strong feelings about Piotr's sacrifice at the end. Well, what were your feelings, Jeanette? Yeah, I want to hear. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bait you guys with my feelings, but okay. <laughs> um, so my feeling about it is this. that um, You know, when I was doing some research for these, you know, discussion questions and everything – um, I came across this site that talks about um, fate and it asked how fate plays an important part in this book. And I was like, but does it? Because there are all these like prophecies like, oh, you know, you have to be, uh, be aware because first comes the fear, then comes famine or fire or something mm. like that. It's like, and then the dead will, you know, beware the dead. Um, and Vasya, you're going to save the day. If you have the talisman, you will save everybody. But at the end, like she holds the bear back. I, obviously the bear would have risen long before had she not been sacrificing herself to like feed the little house spirits. But at the end, it's not her that actually binds the bear. It's her father. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, then there is no, there's no fate about it because she's not the one who saved everybody. Yeah. I mean, I guess her father's there, there because she is. But yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about how it all wrapped up, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Because, 
everybody, all the spirits and, and every, all are saying like, oh, you're special, you know, you have a thing and like, you know, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's not that she isn't special because clearly she can see them and yes. clearly she actually cares about them. Right. But she's not the one that saves the day. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe this, the prophecy is talking about like in the span of the whole series, Maybe like she is going to be doing something more, something bigger. That's true. I mean, Maybe. there are two more books. Yeah. But with, yeah, within the story of this first book. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Like it really bugged me. Yeah. Is it a way for the author saying like, it's not always about faith. It's about the choices people make. Because I know that ha- ha- comes yeah. up a lot in books, you know. It could be. But is this supposed to be like a fairy tale too? Like it's very, it very much has a sense of fairy tale in it. Yeah. So that's, you know, another question I had is, you know, fables typically end with a moral. What is the underlying lesson that the author is trying to teach here? Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, you, the convent it wasn't supposed is not to be the, a stumper. The convent is. is not always the answer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's but... No, there's no clear, like, message, is there? Right. Hmm. I mean, feed your house elves. <laughs> Definitely feed your house totally elves. Totally feed your house elves. Oh, and I found his name. His name is Vazila. Vazila. Uh, Vazila. So feed, feed your horse. House how, elves. Stable elves. Stable, oh, stable elves. elves. We'll call them stable yeah. elves. Feed your stable elves too. <laughs> feed, Vazila. Feed all the elves, all the spirits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, there are some like underlying things, like um, you know, you're you should be free to make your own choices. It's not all about fate. Um, but I don't know. I don't think there's like a really hard message, moral. Right. I, did, I didn't either. And I'm not sure if I prefer it that way because, you know, given the fairy tale nature of the book, the mm-hmm. moral would have like basically hit us over the head. Mm-hmm. So That's I'm true. not sure that I prefer it this way. I might mm. because I don't need a moral shoved in my face. I just enjoyed the story. <laughs> but. Yeah. It's fair. Yep. Yeah. All right, one more fun question, then we're going to wrap it up. So, of the, all the creatures that Vasya encounters, what's your favorite? <laughs> mm. I really like the Domovoy. <laughs> I do too. He was yeah. he was so sweet, and I felt so bad for him. And like honestly, even before like I knew the house elves thing was a thing, like I kind of pictured creature in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the one that lived in the oven, right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like when um, he's keeping out the kind of like zombie vampire, whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. things, it was like a very Gandalf thing. Like, they shall not pass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they shall not come in. <laughs> it was cute. And I, yeah, I, definitely. I appreciated the water spirit because she tried to try to capture Constantine. <laughs> I mean, she she tried to really fix the problem mm-hmm. very early on. Totally. <laughs> Kudos to her. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had mixed feelings about that too. Like part of <laughs> like I'm not like a bloodthirsty kind of person, but I was kind of thinking like, well, if you'd let her eat him, mm-hmm. she would have been full and happy, and there'd be no problems. <laughs> Right. I mean, (laughs) how many people how many people end up dying and suffering because of Constantine and what he ends up doing to the village? Exactly. Exactly. One sacrifice. One sacrifice. I I, I was very uh, I was very torn on that one. Yep. Yeah. All right. But overall, did you guys like it? Uh, I mean, (laughs) I liked it well enough. Um, Like but like we said earlier, I don't know if I feel like a, a strong need to read the next couple of books i feel the same way as you meredith it was good um i don't think i'll go out and read the other books though because and like we said before it just it's such a solid ending you know yeah i saw like with her writing off in the distance i saw that there could have been more after but it it's such a like it's a solid ending i like it as it is (laughs) It's a one and done. Mm-hmm. There's okay. nothing wrong with a one and done, man. <laughs> no? No. Yeah. No. It'd, be, it'd be nice All to have right. some more one and well, done. our honestly. next book on <laughs> <Project> Readers. <laughs> well, next month on Eclectic Readers, we'll be reading The Roundhouse by Louise Erdrich. So, Should be interesting. Look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of a swap there. Yep. It's always nice when we do those turns. It's like, well, next. Right? It's kind of fun. <laughs> um, yay. So I'm looking forward to reading that. I actually have that. Um, uh, it came in from the library on audiobook. So I'm looking forward to listening yeah, cool. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if you want to find out more about the books that we have talked about, just go ahead and check out our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 52. And where can people find you, lovely ladies? Jeanette? Well, you can find me on Goodreads and Litzy at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. How about you, Meredith? So you can find me at Instagram, Twitter, Litzy, Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal, M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. Um, and folks can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy under Rudy Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And make sure to subscribe to, uh, to your favorite podcatcher or in your favorite podcatcher. I'm sorry. Um, so you never miss an episode and please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Um, that's where everybody still gets most of their podcast episodes. Um, and we can have more bookworms and book lovers join in on the conversation. And warn people about Jaws, just saying. <laughs> they need the warnings. <laughs> Warning label. <laughs> May contain shark teeth. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and shelve this until next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.